Welcome to Season 2 of American Political History, The Second Wave, Above or Below the Law. The causes of the fracturing of the English society took a generation of political conflict to develop. This conflict was a primary motivation for the initial immigrants to the New World. They were fleeing from England. If not for those tensions of the English Civil War, it is unlikely that the English colonies would have developed as much more than minor trading posts that we saw in Newfoundland and will see in the Dutch-controlled New Netherlands. Places where the economics of the fur and fish was the priority, not developing any sort of communities. The disillusionment of the English society circled around two major issues that intertwined themselves together over time. The first issue was that of the continuing conflict of religion between the Protestants and the Catholics. And the second issue was that of the growing tensions between King James and Parliament over rights, which would boil down to the question of if the king was above or below the structures of law. Let's start with the religious issues. The battle over the Church of England and its views on religion had been an issue for some time in England. Henry VIII had changed the faith to Protestantism. A generation later, Queen Mary I, who reigned from 1553 to 1558, would manage in her short reign to return England to Catholicism and use the state to prosecute Protestants, burning around a hundred of them at the stake, and she would receive the name Bloody Mary. When she failed to have an heir, Queen Elizabeth would take the throne. Elizabeth would attempt a balancing act, favoring Protestantism, but having a stated policy of not trying to make a window into a man's soul. But when the Spanish, with the approval of the Pope, would attack England, this would create a very strong anti-Catholic sentiment in England. But when King James took the throne in 1603, he would slowly demand conformity within the Church of England and the absolutism of his powers in general. When parliaments had refused him, he would start eyeing the structures of Catholicism, that blessed this absolutism of monarchs that he favored. King James would start with simple reforms of the church, a book of common prayers to be used by all types of English church services, the use of rails, which was a Catholic practice of using symbolic short fences to wall off the congregation from the altar and the clergy. This was seen by Protestants as the adoption of Catholic practices. This sparked fears that King James intended to return England to Catholicism. King James would let the issue of religion settle down for some years, while turning his attention to his demand for his absolutist rule of England. Pointing to the Catholic kings of Europe, King James would demand an end to these supposed rights that the gentry of England had enjoyed for generations. More essentially at issue was Parliament's right to approve taxation. King James was broke. His spending on an average year was far exceeding Queen Elizabeth's high point of spending during the Spanish Armada. In 1610, King James would call on Parliament to agree to the consideration that kings have the same authority as gods. The key points of the king's argument was that kings, just like gods, have the power to make and unmake their subjects, can raise them in society and cast them down. Kings have the power over their subjects in life and death, and kings are the judges over all of their subjects. Over all causes within the law, the king is the law. 
And in that time, the Bible was taught that kings are accountable to none, but God himself, who is the king of kings. King James would then further his argument by quoting the biblical teachings of the time. The king is due the affections of and the mastery over the body and soul of his subjects. And even when the king may misuse his powers, then the godly subject should not resist that harsh rule, but should instead shed tears and sob to God. Even after this lecture to Parliament, which was shocked by their lords' rebuking of hundreds of years of English tradition, King James continued to take actions that would intensify these tensions. He sentenced Sir Walter Raleigh, yes, that same one we discussed with Roanoke, to death for raiding Spanish possessions in the Caribbean. Sir Walter's life had been a national symbol of English defiance and pride against Spain, a Catholic power, Then James proposed marriage of his son Charles to the Spanish Catholic princess. This intensified the now lush conspiracy theories that King James intended to convert England to Catholic rule. When Parliament was called, it would be to the king's disgust that it was infatuated with the social gossip of his son's marriage and the death of a criminal instead of completing his demands on taxation. So King James would start working around Parliament to handle his money issues. He started selling knighthoods for a fee, knighting more men in one day than Queen Elizabeth had in her 44-year reign. He also sold crown lands, postings to low government positions, and added House of Commons seats so he could sell those too. As he got more desperate for funds, he sold charter monopoly rights for industries within England, and this had the effect of raising prices on the common folk, in the middle of an English economic recession. England had been in a bad way economically for some time. As feudalism had gradually ended, this displaced the rural tenant labor who migrated into London. And London already faced its own recession due to recent Dutch technological advances in the textile industry. The English textile products were just uncompetitive and boxed out of foreign markets. So you had surging populations of poor entering a London already in dire economic straits. The conditions of the underclasses in England was the thing of nightmares. When the plague would make its rounds every decade or so in London, it would kill approximately 10 to 20% of the population. And that ignored the constant death that just happened from more common day-to-day illnesses. In the 17th century, births would never outpace deaths in London. Yet the migration from the rural area caused a doubling of London's population over the 17th century. London was already teeming with discontent, poverty, and death. It was ripe for a revolution. And this was without the broader political conflicts of religion and rulership intensifying the mood in England. Parliament would be called again by King James, not to alleviate the blight on the common people. It would deal with his discontent with limitations on his spending. But Parliament was in the mood for a different political debate. Members of Parliament could not directly attack the king himself for his actions. No, but they could go after his favored appointed men as proxies. Rather than addressing the king's call for new taxation, this Parliament would hold a trial for corruption of the government, blaming the cheap sale of estates and titles on the king's men specifically one of his favorites, Sir Francis Bacon. He hadn't even tried to hide his corrupt actions. But in all fairness to Bacon, 
his actions were totally in line with what the king himself was doing. But that was the point for Parliament. Sir Francis Bacon was simply a proxy for them to attack instead of the king. This Parliament didn't even raise the issue of taxation which it was called for. King James, outraged, simply postponed Parliament and then started to imprison his most vocal opponents within it. King James then recalled Parliament to service a few months later, chastising them for encroachment on matters of government held by the king. The new Parliament returned, ignored issues of taxation once again, and instead presented their grievances to their king. They demanded that the enforcement of all anti-Catholic laws be prosecuted immediately. Politically, they blamed this Catholic influence on corrupting and swaying the king from good rulership. In return for this, Parliament would add additional taxes, only for the continuation of defense of Protestant forces in their war in Europe, which was happening in the Palatine, Central Europe. The king read this demand and limitations on his power as an attack on his rights as the rightful ruler of England. King James publicly rebuked Parliament's demands of him. Parliament then publicly defended themselves and defending their liberty and tradition of free speech in Parliament, and that liberty allowed for free debate so they could give the king their best counsel. The king responded that he simply withdrew that right from Parliament. Parliament then asserted their right to take their own actions under English liberty, and this could be done with or without the king's blessing. When the king heard this, he dissolved Parliament, saying he would not call another in his lifetime. The members of the House of Commons stayed up all through the night to enumerate onto paper the liberty and rights that they had, not directly stating, but indirectly refuting the authority of the king. Their argument was that these rights were inherited at birth, and since inheritance is subject to English constitutional rights, constitutional meant law about ownership of land and rules of inheritance of land, a king could not revoke these rights without due process of law, They continued that laws, governance, government, church, and daily happenings within England are the rightful subjects of debate within Parliament. And to conduct that business, every member of Parliament has to have the right to free speech and debate and a right to openly counsel the king on these issues. King James ordered this document be removed from all records and be utterly annihilated. King James then summoned High Magistrate Cook. He had facilitated and wrote much of this document, and he was arrested. But Cook's rank and general goodwill with the king protected him from being sent to common English prison, which was so unsanitary that it was most often a quick death sentence for anyone sent there. King James then rounded up the other leaders of Parliament that had participated in writing this protest and imprisoned all of them. King James saw this protest as the Puritans' rejection of his divine right of kingship. King James would turn to the power of the Church of England, which Parliament had no right to oversee, to fix the unruly portions of his people. The king's advisors would openly and publicly talk about England not being able to be spiritually well until we have our own Inquisition, like the Spanish Inquisition. The royal colleges all announced their agreement that kingly power was subject to none. King James would reign without Parliament's advice or counsel until 1625 when he died. Thank you for listening to this episode of American Political History. 
If you want to support the show, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating. And share this show with someone you think would enjoy listening. Thank you again, and until next time.